No, God damn it, Ryan. <laughs> Hold on. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to Pop Culture Confessions, a podcast where we fix our greatest movie mistakes. I'm Missy, and I'm joined by Amanda and Ryan. Hello. <laughs> You guys okay? I just crane kicked both of you. You did, right in the face. (laughs) Oh, your crane technique, there's no defense against it. (laughs) Absolutely not. So on this podcast, what we do is we admit to movies that we should have seen based on popular culture that we missed for some reason just not our type of movie we weren't alive you could have been very very young when this came out. exactly (laughs) various reasons why we haven't seen this movie and here in the no shame zone we try to correct the problem instead of doing what most people would do which would be to gasp and shun and occasionally smack smack that doesn't happen here (laughs) you have mean friends i have mean friends i have super mean friends you live in the yes you should stop going to the cobra kai dojo right right (laughs) last week we talked about amanda's pop culture confession which was heather's and then i made a confession of my own so my friends i have not seen the karate kid oh oh, oh, man as usual (laughs) i have also not seen the karate kid really i'm not the only one I'm shocked. I saw the remake of The Karate Kid. I did too. <laughs> I love all the Karate Kid movies. I even like the remake. I think the remake is actually pretty good. Yeah. Wasn't that Jaden Smith? The remake was pretty good, but I hear it's not the same. No. This one, we talk about the like archetypal like 80s villains. Like, oh man, this movie does it. You haven't seen The Karate Kid, so... I have not seen The Karate Kid. Do you know kid. anything about it? I do. Wax on, wax off. I know wax on, wax off. Do you know the context for that? It's a movement? Yeah. It's a hand movement when you clean a car. And he knows karate. <laughs> Or learns karate. I know kung fu. He learns karate. Karate, because that's, you know, the general term for any kind of martial art. That's what he learns. Right. Any kicking sport is karate. He learns the karate sport. He learns to kick real good. There's a bad trainer who teaches kids bad karate. (laughs) What? Really? The bad karates and the good karates fight each other. And I'm not sure who prevails. I think it's good karate. I feel like it's Rocky with children. It's kind of... That's the impression that I get from it, that, like, he has a mentor. His mentor teaches him the karate. But other than that, like, (laughs) I have no clue. They made a whole YouTube series about one of the dudes. Another term is jumping to mind, and that is Cobra Kai. Is that from this? Yes, Cobra Kai. I have a Cobra Kai t-shirt. Okay. Yes. (laughs) I have seen a couple episodes of the YouTube, the the Cobra Kai, on the YouTube. It's really good. But I have no clue who any of those people are. I know they relate to this movie, but I'm not sure who they are. So I'll I'll figure that out. Is this Mr. Miyagi? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know that. I did know that name. So when we take a look at the original... I'm looking at the poster. Is it the one where their faces are almost... They look like they're about to like touch noses? Yes, that's the original poster. This one, he taught him the secret to capital K karate. Karate. Lies in the mind and the heart, not in the hands. Well, if you fight with your heart, A, you're dead because it's outside your body. B, you're not going to hurt anybody with an organ. So I don't know. I'm thinking really hard at you right now. (laughs) Are you feeling it? Does it hurt? (sighs) No? Okay. This battle between the good karate and the bad karate that you talk about... (laughs) 
is as much a physical battle as a battle of ideas. I was thinking about this because oh. my son had his taekwondo belt test tonight. And yeah, do kids do karate anymore? Or is oh, that like yes. so 90s? No, they do. I have been told karate is not the term. Right, like they do other martial arts. You have to specify the martial arts. Right. But yeah, no, my, both my kids do taekwondo. If I ever have children, my kids will become taibo experts. <laughs> oh, taibo is pretty cool. <laughs> I could do the Taibo. Which you can't get more 90s than Taibo, right? <laughs> oh my god. This movie is like the 80s in a two-hour summary. I'm really looking forward to watching this again. Yeah, I was two when it came out. Oh, I was zero when it came out. <laughs> it's 84, right? 84, yeah. But this poster it looks like looks like he's going to teach this little punk-ass kid a lesson is what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I see. I can't tell what this stare-down is, is signifying. Like... He kind of has, is it a look of wonder on his face, the the young young boy, or a look of maybe like vacancy? <laughs> vacancy? <laughs> That's a good word for it, yeah. And Miss, Mr. Miyagi, I do know his name. He looks stern. He's a cultural icon, you know? He is. Like people use it as shorthand, I think, in the same way that you would talk about Yoda. Yes. Yeah, like a like a guru or a, a mentor. I feel a very Yoda vibe from him. <sighs> There's probably some um, problematicness, I would guess. Oh, I'm sure there is. This is the 80s with an Asian actor. Are you kidding me? Right. That is a, that this is a like ultimate stereotype, almost. I mean, at least it's a Japanese actor. So we're headed in the right direction, but. Right. That it's at least not yeah. someone who is non-Asian. Right. Playing an Asian person. Or like it's the 80s. So they're just like, he looks Asian. Just put him in the role. You know, like. Mm. Right. To clarify, like karate is its own thing. It just it's almost like we talked about Kleenex, right? Like that generic thing that I think people use karate to talk about all martial arts. We would just call every martial art karate. Yeah. Like it's a branch on the martial yes. arts tree. But everybody's like, oh, you're kicking stuff. You must know karate. And I have a feeling this movie might have contributed to that, but I'm not sure. Oh, I'm sure. It definitely contributed. It mainstreamed karate, I'm sure. Well, I will tell you, as as a kid in 1984 who saw this, we all knew karate instantly after having seen this movie. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Just lots of a flurry of oh, kicks. so many. So many. <laughs> there is a special kick in this movie that is ridiculous, but very iconic. I can't wait to see your reactions to this movie. Oh, a special kick? Super special kick. Okay. Okay. I feel like the Ninja Turtles also went a long way towards mainstream. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I remember a lot of kicks and punches happening that were Ninja Turtles inspired. I just remember a lot of pizza that was Ninja Turtle inspired. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember them actually doing martial arts so much as just eating pizza. Yeah. And I don't even know if they practice karate or something else. They practice ninjutsu because they are ninjas. Oh, well, oh, duh, oh, okay. of course. I mean, <laughs> got it. Yeah. Master Splinter is a Mr. Miyagi type. Absolutely, yes. But we need to get to a future where you have seen the Karate Kid. Yeah. Right. Where you've found the karate within yourself. Okay, so let's go get to the future. Let's go back to the future. Let's fire <laughs> up the time machine. I think you're on point for this one. Do you think you've got, you can steer? When you steer, is that kind of like the wax on, wax off? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> yes. We'll find out. It's exactly okay, like it. Okay, you ready? All right, let's go. And you got to do the finger motions when you do it, too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Here we are in the future, having seen The Karate Kid. 
The summary from IMDb is priceless. A martial arts master agrees to teach karate to a bullied teenager. That, that's it? That's basically that's right. It. That is <laughs> the rundown on IMDb. I mean, there's more to it than that. There's like way more to it than that. So here's another one. Daniel moves to Southern California with his mother, Lucille, but quickly finds himself the target of a group of bullies who study karate at the Cobra Kai <laughs> Dojo. Fortunately, Daniel befriends Mr. Miyagi, an unassuming repairman who just happens to be a martial arts master himself. Just conveniently. Conveniently. <laughs> Miyagi takes Daniel under his wing, training him in a more compassionate form of karate and preparing him to compete against the brutal Cobra Kai. <laughs> That was way better. That was almost too much detail. <laughs> Cobra Kai practice the forbidden karate. They're the bad karate. Here in Karate Valley, it's uh, good karate versus bad karate. So we named it Karate Valley okay. because, <laughs> dude, it was like everybody knew karate. It was totally like Karate Valley in California because everybody in the high school knew karate. Right. <laughs> it was what you did. It was just expected that if you're out on your own <laughs> in Karate Valley at night, you might get jumped by a karate gang. Probably coming back from surfing in this movie, apparently, right. and riding their dirt bikes. Mm -hmm. Threateningly revving, revving their bikes. Why would you ride those in the sand? Sand gets everywhere. Don't you know that? <laughs> if you've watched the Star Wars prequels, you know how annoying sand, sand is. Sand gets everywhere. <laughs> So neither one of you had seen this movie before. Just the remake. Yeah, I saw the remake and I saw maybe like two episodes of the Cobra Kai YouTube thing. When I confessed to it, I'm like, I'm going to put this on and be like, oh, yeah, actually, I maybe made a mistake. But no, I had not. I seen actually kind of thought the same. I thought surely I had seen at least some of this. Surely I have seen this movie. So this has seeped into popular culture where you guys have absorbed at least the impression of the movie. Sure. Oh, totally. Wax on, wax off. Sweep the leg, which I didn't realize was from this. The motion of the crane kick where you like put your arms up like that and then out in front of you. I grew up with people constantly mimicking that. I think they still do. I think that's right. still yes. around. <laughs> it's the most dangerous kick. So, Missy, since this is your confession, I figured I'd start with you and ask you what you thought of the movie overall. Just your general impressions of it. My general impression overall was it was a good movie. I think it was very Hollywoody about martial arts and how people in California actually live. <laughs> um, 90% of them are blonde. Actually, my notes just call him Johnny Douchebag. I don't remember his last name, but he was Johnny Douchebag. And his friends were uh, Chad and Thad. Okay, yep. I was calling him some version of Aryan Boy or Hitler Youth. I just saw Surfer Dude, because like when you're from California, you do see a lot of them. Did they make them more blonde back then? There were so many blonde boys. <laughs> it was so blonde. That was accurate. Just the meanest, blondest boys you've ever seen in your whole life. It was a little over the top. I mean, if you're on a beach town, like your hair is going to get bleached out anyway. I don't think there's that many blonde dudes. When I was going to school, there wasn't that many blonde dudes. But in Southern California, surfing is a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get that surfing is a thing. It's just they all look like which none of them surfed. So that's kind of weird. We didn't actually see them surfing. At least. No, we didn't see them surfing. I think they over blonded the movie. <laughs> they put out a casting call. We need some Chads and Thads and Johnnies. <laughs> Give us all your flaxen-haired youths. I liked how they brought the more Eastern school of thought into the movie without overly racially stereotyping it. 
I guess would probably be the best way to say it. A lot of Bruce Lee films came out in like the 70s and the early 80s. Martial arts was so cool and that's how you kick people's asses. And that's kind of the impression that Daniel had of karate. Exactly. I like how they brought Miyagi in as a more traditional Japanese culture icon, I guess. I don't know how much of that is authentic and how much of it is a stereotype because I don't think real Japanese people spend a lot of time trying to pluck flies out of the air with chopsticks, probably. (laughs) So I took a semester of Japanese in community college, so I'm pretty much an expert. <laughs> He's probably about like 80% stereotype. Yeah. The whole time I was like, is this racist? Is this racist? I don't know. I'm conflicted. The stereotype is there and like stereotyping somebody isn't always necessarily negative. Right. But racism is generally negative. Right. So I think a lot of this was stereotypical Japanese behavior, not necessarily racist, but I'm white, so I can't really speak to I that. I think it still falls under the umbrella of general racism because whenever you apply a trait to an entire race of people, and it's not necessarily saying that all Japanese people are like this. He was very tokenized, for sure. Right. In a movie where everyone practices a Japanese martial art, he's the only actual Japanese person. Which I appreciated for an 80s movie, that they didn't cast a white guy in that role. They met the lowest possible bar of non-problematicness, which is not casting a white person a la Mickey Rooney in an Asian role. Not only did they cast an actual Asian person, they cast a Japanese... That's what I said. I was like, he's specifically Japanese. Well, he is American, but his parents immigrated from Japan. Pat Morita based his actual performance on the person who was teaching martial arts on the set and was his stunt double in the movie. That's who his performance is based on. Because like there are some shots where you see Pat Morita, they don't cut away from him and he's like doing the martial art and he's real slow. (laughs) He knew no martial arts. He learned everything (laughs) he knew on the set. He does a couple of takedowns that seem pretty convincing where he's like sparring with Daniel and all of a sudden they're just on the ground. Yeah, that's all choreographed. (laughs) No, I know, but like, he's at least fairly spry. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole of researching Pat Morita where he was interned in an internment camp in World War II. And I thought that was interesting too, especially for the 80s. I mean, you have to picture what most movies were in the 80s that they brought up Japanese internment. They showed that in the movie Mm -hmm. I thought was interesting. The ages were a little off in the movie, I think, where he was playing older than he actually was. He was only in Mm -hmm. his early 50s. So he was like 12 or something, like 11 or 12 when he was in an internment camp during World War II. But then his character in the movie was an adult. So he was like playing 10 years older. I actually thought it was funny because he's playing, I would say, at least 10 years older than the actor is. And Ralph Macchio, Daniel, is 22 or 23. 22. Are you kidding me? He looks like he's 10. He looks so extremely 15. He has extremely (laughs) pubescent energy. He looked so young. My brain kept exploding every time I would consider that fact because it just would not accept that this tall child is an adult. Both he and Elizabeth Shue are older than their characters. She was going to Harvard when this filmed and she didn't drop out, but she took basically a break to film this movie. You know what's really funny too is Elizabeth Shue's I think a little bit younger than him, but not by much. But the actor who played Johnny is four years younger younger than Ralph Macchio. (laughs) Is he really? That is amazing. (laughs) He looks four years older. He looks fully a decade older than him. (laughs) You guys were talking a little bit about stereotypes and stuff, but when you mentioned Johnny 
And it's hard for me to separate some of this movie from the later sequels and the Cobra Kai TV series. But I think this does a good job of showing some of these characters are cartoon characters, but a lot of them are actually pretty complex. And I appreciated that. Johnny, for most of the movie, is a giant douchebag. But there are moments where he's not. And that's, to me, is interesting that he's not completely villainous Mm, in this. I would say until the last five minutes of the movie, there are none moments when he is not. I think that Cobra Kai, the newest one, definitely definitely shows more complexity to the character. And I haven't seen the ones in between. But yeah, I would say for most of the movie, he's just a fucking douchebag. Right. He force kisses Elizabeth's shoe. His whole world revolves around fucking with this new kid in town. Not really. Yeah. Daniel screws with him too. Like that scene in the bathroom with the shower thing. Like Johnny hasn't done anything. No, they had already like beat his ass by that point. That was like six weeks before. Yeah, but the only reason that he did that was because they had already beat him up a couple times. And the only reason they beat him up in the first place is because he was considered to be moving in on Johnny's property, which is a woman. <laughs> his ex-property. Right. That's the reason it started in the first place is because Johnny didn't want anybody dating his ex-girlfriend, which is toxic masculinity at its finest, which ultimately is the true villain here. I did like Elizabeth Shue in this a lot. I liked that her character didn't tolerate Johnny's bad behavior or Daniel's bad behavior, either one. Yeah, she was good. For an 80s teenage female character, she was pretty good. This is the 80s, after all. (laughs) Oh, yeah, like, do you want me to drive? Hey, it's the 80s. This is the 80s. (laughs) But her hair made her look like she was a mom, a mid-40s mother. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel is a tween, and she should be in, like, an 80s power suit or something. She should be like, oh, God, what's her name? Olivia Newton. John in Greece at the end. Oh, yeah. She reminded me of. (laughs) You guys had talked about knowing a lot of things about this, you know, like the wax on, wax off training, Mm -hmm. the sweep the leg, all of that. Even though I knew those beats were coming, they still worked for me. Like, I still enjoyed him learning without his brain getting in the way of learning the motions. Like, this time when I was watching it, I could see more why Mr. Miyagi did the things that he did. Yeah, because Daniel was like a string bean. He had no muscle. There was no way that he could perform martial arts without having any yeah, he needs to build those muscle memories. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what a lot of fighting is about, is getting your mind out of the way. And I think it was such a stressful situation that if he had started out trying to teach him that his like nervousness would have gotten in the way of just learning those physical motions but by turning it into repetitive physical chores that he had to do. I mean, first of all, it makes the movie narratively interesting because you don't know what's going on. But I think it's also not a bad idea. Yeah. So number one, I thought that sequence of events went on just a little bit too long. We would have believed it. I think if it had been one chore less, maybe, maybe that's just because I knew what it was. I knew what it was trying to accomplish. Maybe that was the problem. Mm -hmm. And then number two, I really wanted an actual karate expert to tell me, is this even in the zip code of realistic? Is this anywhere near or adjacent to what actual martial arts training involves? Because I understand muscle memory, mostly from playing an instrument that you just drill things over and over and over again, and you break it down into its component parts and like your fingers and your body parts have memories that you don't consciously have to process. Right. But is this the best way to do it? I don't know. Well, given the amount of time that they have to do it, because he says something like, you don't know a lot of karate, but the karate you know is good. The quality. Like, you know how to do four things, and you know how to do those four things pretty well. You know how to block, you know how to kick. Which is funny how important kicks were. They never taught him how to kick. No. <laughs> I was looking at the timestamp, and I was like, there's 30 minutes left in this movie. All these things fucking stand in the water and paint a fence. Yeah. He hasn't done any 
Karate Karate. <laughs> the karate tournament itself is actually pretty long in the movie, mm-hmm. but I think it's engaging throughout the entire time. Oh yeah, it's good. Like it's montage central in this movie. When they came <laughs> in with the song... <laughs> I'm ruined for 80s movies now. Any kind of sports movie from before the 90s. I was like, why do I keep picking sports movies? (laughs) Yeah, it just will not work for me anymore because it has been so (laughs) troped and memed to death. Like the, you're the best around. It's just, it does not have the emotional impact that it was supposed to have. I was waiting for like Eye of the Tiger to come Right, exactly. Like it's just, it will never not read as silly and funny anymore. We can thank Rocky for that one, I think. For starting it, for sure. (laughs) I mean, that song specifically I've heard as a parody of this over and over and over. So I have actually seen a few videos of martial arts competitions. I have a friend who lives out in California, funny enough, and has done martial arts his whole life and has taught his entire adult life. And the training that Daniel got would not have gotten him all the way to the end of that competition. (laughs) You mean two months of training was not enough to make him win? No, (laughs) not at a quote unquote black belt level like they were saying he was. Absolutely not. Oh yeah, he's a black belt. But he has magic powers, so. My kids are taking Taekwondo and they could probably do better than he. They've been doing it (laughs) since November. Is Taekwondo the one that translates to the foot fist way? Not sure, but that's about right. Because there was a movie that Danny McBride did called The Foot Fist Way that was so funny. I did like Pat Morita kind of as an actor in this movie. I mean, he was nominated for an Academy Award for his performance in here. Like, I think his performance is mostly comedic, but there's that one scene that I think is what probably got him nominated for an Academy Award where he's telling you about how his wife and son died in an internment camp. Oh, my God. And you find out he was part of this military unit. Which comes out of goddamn nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. But I think that if you've gone through what he's gone through and like earned a medal of honor and all of that you're probably not going to talk about it very much at all absolutely not not until you're drunk and he didn't invite daniel over to see that daniel was supposed to be somewhere else yeah he showed up he just showed up and i think it kind of breaks into the layers of mr miyagi as opposed to just the stereotypical mm-hmm. japanese martial arts teacher he had a wife he had a kid he was an american soldier he was fighting the germans we were fighting against the japanese and he was on the american side That unit that he belonged to is the most decorated military unit in U.S. history. Like, there are 22 Medal of Honor recipients from that unit and so, so many awards. Yeah, I think he needed Daniel just as much as Daniel needed him. Yeah, I think so. He's clearly like a son replacement. Oh, absolutely. Like, to an almost comical extent, the way that he adopts (laughs) him almost instantaneously. It's super cute. Here, Daniel-san, here is free training and a car and a birthday cake and a gi that has very specific specific special meaning to me personally. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> but first he's like fixed his bike. He gave them trees and tree lessons and putting the moves on the mom a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> he was just instantaneously like, yes, I am in. I am all in on Daniel. He's my boy. I think there was actually a lot of subtle testing of him and making sure that he wanted to do these things for the right reasons. Yeah. Like there was the whole why are you learning to fight? They kept doing that many, many mm-hmm. times. He's like, so I don't have to fight. But 
But that answer was well into the training. He had already gone full in on it. And also, like, at the end, when his leg is hurt and he wants to go back to the tournament, Mr. Miyagi doesn't use his (laughs) magic powers. His magic Miyagi powers. His magic Miyagi powers until he questions him about why he wants to go back and fight. Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay, how much are we supposed to believe that he has actual magic powers? Because that seemed also a little bit, like, out of fucking nowhere. I don't think it's supposed to be magic so much as the 80s idea that all Asians are a little bit magical. Right, so racism. Because <laughs> acupuncture and acupressure and yep. yeah, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And other pseudoscience. In the remake, to their credit, they have him do not just like rubbing your palms together somehow. When Jackie Chan does it in the movie, he actually does, I think it's like the fire cup thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, is also kind of bullshit, but at least there's a actual tradition that they're showing him using. I mean, I don't know if I believe it's entirely pseudoscience because there is actually heat and pressure, which can affect your surface layer muscles. But like, I wouldn't use that on an injury. You know, I would use it on like a sore muscle. Right. Like massage can be helpful for stuff. Exactly. But it doesn't rise to the level of healing an injury. That actual injury? Yeah. Ralph Macchio actually got uh, hurt during that scene. Oh, I believe it. That looked real. When he goes down, that's for real. They had choreographed it and sometimes you're off by a beat or whatever and it's real. He got his leg good. I was like, ooh, That last leg move looked like it was snapped almost. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that he was balancing on one leg was so, I was like, oh. This movie was filmed basically in sequence, which they don't usually do in movies, which I think is also interesting as the characters and actors are getting to know each other better, that their performances become closer to each other. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think filming it in sequence adds a lot to the movie if you can get it to line up. There's not a lot of time progression in this movie, so that makes it easy. And there's not a lot of like night and day shots. There's, I guess, two night shots, really. Yeah, there's a few at his house, at Miyagi's house, where he's like staying late to finish stuff. And then there's the one on the beach and the one at the country club. I did like that the uh, fight scene where Mr. Miyagi like just kind of like appears like a ninja over the fence, (laughs) that it's really fast and pretty brutal. Not like a Hollywood fight scene. Like the whole fight scene lasts, I think, seven or eight seconds. Which makes it feel realistic. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Miyagi says when they go to the tournament, I've never fought for points before. I don't know how any of this works. I've fought for my life before. Oh my gosh, that cracked me up. It's like, dude, this is an actual sport. There are rules to it. I was thinking while I was watching this, I was like, he's like a big faker. He's just lying Uh through his teeth. He knows karate because he was taught when he was younger, but he was taught karate like we're taught to like do anything when you're a kid in your culture. He doesn't know Karate Valley Tournament He doesn't rules. know how to teach karate competition right. style and he doesn't understand the competition. He is just bullshitting his way through this and he's doing such a good job. <laughs> the version of karate that he knows you would think would be the kind that is actually practical for defending yourself and the version of, that is good for tournaments is the version that is optimized for scoring points, which should be two different things but i guess not it's like fencing versus real sword combat right what did you guys think about cobra kai as an organization i love that they all have black geese at the end i love that they all like totally wear their karate headbands to school because that's what we do in karate valley headband he wears everywhere (laughs) that's what we do in karate valley i mean you have to show people that you know karate (laughs) right and the headband doesn't actually do anything i guess it's a sweatband like it keeps sweat from rolling in your eyes but it doesn't hold his hair back it doesn't hold his hair back it doesn't hold his sweat back right 
It's a fashion it's accessory. It's a fashion accessory. His long blonde bangs are still like ruffling over his eyes. It's a fashion <laughs> accessory. And like there's a couple of things, not Cobra Kai related, but nitpicks. I don't know if I misunderstood what he was saying, but he was asking where he was from. And Mr. Miyagi was saying, you know, China's here, Japan's here, Okinawa's here. And I'm like, Okinawa's not its own country. Like it's never been its own country. No, it's part of Japan, but culturally it's distinct. Yeah, uh-huh. it's its own prefecture and it was its own kingdom. Is it up? It's up, right? It's in the south. It's like Japanese Texas in that, yes, it's part of Japan, but culturally they're like Texans first. Yeah, yeah. It used to be its own thing, still kind of wants to be. It was its own thing like centuries ago, but I was just like, it's not its own country. Like, I don't know if that was just a misstep on the movie's part or what. And then the other nitpick is he kept calling him Daniel-san, which if he was referring to him in a general Japanese, oh, what would you call those? Because you call him Daniel-san, which is an honorific title, right? San. Oh, oh, you mean like the San part. Got it. Yeah, the polite way of saying it. He should be calling him Daniel-kun, which is a honorific title (laughs) for male children or male younger adults Uh. but calling him daniel's son and again i'm the total expert one semester of japanese (laughs) i've looked it up you know outside of that but daniel's son kind of puts him on the same level or above him oh it's a polite term it's how you address people politely in everyday speech right maybe he was doing it on purpose maybe like to kind of poke fun at him maybe or just that he respects people and let's not discount that this this is the 80s and it sounds like sun. Yeah. And I was thinking it was also like written by a white dude. Yeah. Exactly. And he was like, oh, yeah, they say son, right? Daniel Kuhn would probably be the better way. But if he said Daniel Kuhn, people would be like, what does Kuhn mean? Daniel son. People go, oh, that sounds Japanese. I think right. that's right. pretty much exactly. why they did that. Again, I mean, maybe that was intentional and that was on purpose and that's how you do it. But I, that's not what I would think that he would call him. So is that an example of something you did not like about the movie? I don't know if I would say I didn't like it. It just was nitpicky. Yeah, like if the nitpicks are the extent of your dislike of the movie, that's yeah. saying a lot, I think. Saying something positive about it. I think as far as a movie goes i think the beginning of the movie is very very slow Mm -hmm. to build up oh my god it's so slow i was super bored at the beginning and i also didn't like daniel at all at the beginning and i grew to love him you know you're watching like a late 70s early 80s movie when somebody's going cross country and they show a car with like a voiceover (laughs) of them traveling across the country i mean i get why they're doing all that but they really could have cut some of that and added more karate for me more than like 10 percent karate that was in this karate movie yeah I also am very unclear for the amount of time they spent on his mom's job. I don't understand what it is she does at all. She was promoted or something. So I actually went and looked that up because that was bothering me. She comes in saying that she's being transferred because of her job in computers, right? Right. She works in computers. What else do you need to know? Yes. So then they're sitting in a restaurant and she's like, they're going to promote me to manager, blah, 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 blah. I thought maybe she worked at the restaurant, but then I was like, no, she said computers. Apparently in the original script, the computer company that she transferred to went bankrupt and it was across the street from the restaurant. So as she was leaving her job, a waitress flies out of the restaurant saying that she's quitting. Crucial detail. Yeah, she's like, so I went over there and got the job, you know, as soon as I walked in. I see. Which I'm like, how does a computer company go bankrupt in the late 80s? They're just Mm. ahead of their time. They were making Mm. iPads. We weren't ready. (laughs) She actually was working at the restaurant, but that's like one of those moments. One of those crucial scenes. You should have put something in there because now we're all very confused, you know? (laughs) Because she was like, oh, the management money is going to be so much better. I was like, management is better than computers in the 80s? Are you kidding me? I know they were up and coming, but... (laughs) Yeah, maybe it was still one of those garage outfits and they couldn't really pay. Maybe, yeah. I found 
that little nugget. I'm like, oh, they should have put that or something. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Cut out the cross country drive and put that in there. Any details, please. Right? The Cobra Kai were a little bit cartoonish villains. I guess the whole thing was a, a little, little bit. cartoony, but the teacher especially, it was like, why are you such a psychopath who is specifically obsessed with the goings on of the social lives of teen boys? I love the little picture in the entryway to his dojo too, where it was like karate master and he's standing there with like a fucking machine gun. Yeah, he was supposed to be from <laughs> special forces or something. But it's a karate champion and he's holding a machine gun. <laughs> That's so American, it hurts. I think he and Miyagi are supposed to be the epitome of the good karate and bad karate in Karate Valley. Oh, we get it. We understand that. But that guy is somebody that he's easy to hate. There's no redeeming thing about him at all. Most of the Cobra Kai, the actual kids, Miyagi stresses, right, there's no bad student, there's only a bad teacher. Absolutely. I don't think most of the kids are as bad as you guys seem to have the impression of them. They have no redeeming qualities until the end. Really, it's only Johnny that has... I disagree. What do they do in any sense that is in any way good. He's basically just like training them as this fascist army the whole time. Well, and even if you look outside of their karate, he's still a douchebag. Right, like everything he does. Johnny never uses his karate to attack Daniel. He fucking beats him up on the beach. Yeah, at the very beginning, he starts a fight. He doesn't punch him. He trips him. Tripping someone is still attacking. And he kicks the shit out of him when Mr. Miyagi steps in at the fence scene. Yeah, but in that scene, the rest of the Cobra Kai kids are also telling him to stop. Yeah, but on the beach, he kicks him square in the gut. After Daniel punches him. Well, if somebody came at me, I'd probably punch well, him too. Well, also, Daniel was defending the girl. <laughs> yeah, and he was threatening Allie. He's nothing but a douchebag. I don't think the kids are as bad as you guys think they are. I don't think they're perfect in there, no. but I don't think Daniel is as good as you think he is either. Nobody said Daniel was good. Daniel's a little bit of a stinker at some points, although he was <laughs> the most patient teen boy I've ever seen in my life when he was going through the ordeals <laughs> of Miyagi. Oh my God, for real. True. He lasted way longer than I would have lasted or that any teenager I know would have lasted. Now do the other side of the fence. I would have been like, peace, bitch, I'm out. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Even when he had a little temper tantrum, when Miyagi left that note for him, all he did was he like sort of impotently kicked a cloth and then immediately <laughs> got back to work. <laughs> Which is kind of cool because it's like he has that respect for Miyagi, uh-huh. even though he doesn't want to do it. It's like a martial arts movie trope in a way, too, where you have to like climb the mountain to get to the master and the 10,000 steps to, you know, reach whatever. Pay your dues a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Yes. He lasted longer than one would reasonably expect a teenage boy to last. I don't remember specifically why I thought he was a little bit of an eye rolly, cringy kind of boy. He didn't seem to deal with situations very well. And then he evolved into someone that I really liked. I thought he was adorable. He was, and and this may be me reading too much into the character, but I think he was pissed that he had to move to California. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's kind of like the chip that he had on his shoulder. He was like, well, you didn't ask me about moving. I get getting input, especially like if it's just you and your kid. Especially with an older kid. But I'm like, your mom's moving for a job. Your single mom has to take care of you. Something clearly happened there before they left because there's a line where she says that what he's doing isn't going to fix anything. And he says, well, palm trees won't either. So Mm -hmm. I think she's kind of escaping something as well. Like probably a divorce would be my guess or the death of his father or something like that. Just needs a fresh start. But he's got so much perseverance and gumption and he's just, he's trying 
finest, best, and he's adorable. Yeah, I mean, the Karate Kid, as much of a stereotype as a lot of these characters are, they really work on fundamental mm-hmm. levels. Miyagi is, I think, along with Yoda, which may be lumping a human being and a puppet together, might show sort of the problems there. But he is, like, the model for the wise teacher, right? And Daniel is the, like, scrappy young student mm-hmm. that kind of it just works really well. He's the Anakin, but, like, a million times less shitty than Anakin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anakin was just such a whiny asshole most of the time. And Daniel was just like, okay, he did yell that one time, but then most of the time he was just so grateful and he was so polite. He seemed good. Well, because I think that the movie, as much as Miyagi is looking for a son, I think Daniel is looking for a father figure. I teared up a little bit at some of the scenes where they were like having these emotional bonds. It was sweet. Yeah, I thought it would be just kind of a superficial movie too. I was hoping they would add some Eastern philosophical or like religious influence to it. The scene of Miyagi breaking down while drunk was Mm -hmm. pretty good and giving his 15 year old student liquor in the process (laughs) oh no 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 not (laughs) ideal can't do that can't do that (laughs) yeah i wrote this down even our wise teacher is sexist he calls him a girl when he doesn't hit well enough which sucked (laughs) it's the 80s (laughs) i I agree but i'm like yeah time frame (laughs) but the girl in this movie was very fierce i do have to say she was the villain sort of force kisses her which sucks but she retaliates she would have done way better just punching him straight in the face. It's implied that she did. Yeah, because she like sprained or broke her wrist. That scene she did. The other ones, she keeps hitting him on the chest and I was like, get him in the nose. Just yeah. clock him. <laughs> I'm not 100% confident in saying that it either is or is not any one level of problematic as far as the stereotype thing. I think for an 80s movie, it's surprisingly non-problematic. It did a pretty good job. I will have to give it that because I was looking for it and the racial stereotypes and stuff are pretty much the only thing in there. Yeah, I had thought that about Mr. Miyagi too and then when I was reading that he's actually based on a real person that to me takes away some of the he's an Asian stereotype if he's based on an actual person. But he still is a stereotype. Just because he's inspired in some elements by a person doesn't mean that he's not playing into stereotypes. I think they picked a safe person to play the stereotype though. I've heard comments from or stories or whatever of Asian people saying that they were bullied with lines from this movie. Oh I bet. People throwing wax on wax off at them or the crane kick thing. Like, it can have effects beyond what it was intended to have. Absolutely. Certainly. Miyagi seems like a real person. He's not just a one-dimensional cardboard cutout, but that doesn't mean that he's not free of stereotypes. Certainly, but I think you have to compare it to other movies in the 80s. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, that's what we do with other movies, is we say, okay, for the time, it was this, but for current standards of, or I guess objective standards of problematicness. Does it stand the test of time? Yeah, that's like the whole point of revisiting them. For it standing the test of time, you guys had never seen it before, but Missy, was it two hours and seven minutes that you'll never get back? Are you glad you watched this? I'm really glad I watched it, actually. I really did like it. I think I will probably watch the sequels, assuming they're not horrible. I would think that they would be. Sequels are hit or miss. Uh I've seen the first three. I haven't seen the fourth one, and then I've seen the remake. The remake is very good. I think it should have been called The Kung Fu Kid. Absolutely, because, yeah, they're not learning karate. Oh, it's Kung Fu? (laughs) Yeah, they're learning Kung Fu. But no, I liked it. It was a good watch. There wasn't a lot of depth to it. I would 
have liked a little more depth, but it was it was a good popcorn movie. What about you, Amanda? I would say there's about 45 minutes that I'll never get back, and then the rest <laughs> of it was good. I enjoyed the back half thoroughly once the relationship started to develop between Mr. Maggie and Daniel, and then the stuff with Elizabeth Shue at the beginning was whatever, but then it sort of developed also. So yeah, I'm glad I watched it, although it took a little bit of swallowing, I guess, of my modern day brain with the tropes, with the like montage and with some of the stereotype stuff. I mean, but that's the case with most of the stuff that we watch. Yeah. And it was also pretty cheesy. You know, it's a kid's movie. (laughs) So, Ryan, did it hold up for you? Was it like you remembered? It did. I did notice that maybe the first 20 minutes or so of the movie needs some real heavy editing into like a three minute. (laughs) I was almost going to say montage, but there's enough montages in this movie. But they really could have condensed that down because the movie comes alive when Miyagi and Daniel are together. And also, I think Elizabeth Shue adds to the relationship there. Once all the pieces are in place, it's very good. I just think they take a little too long getting them on the table. Really? But I, I freaking love this movie. Like, I really enjoyed it. There are cuts and analysis of the movie on YouTube you can go watch if you want a perspective that Daniel is the actual bully of the movie, which is very, very interesting. Oh, come on. Watch it and judge for yourself. <laughs> but having watched that video and then watching the movie, that's what I think adds, for me anyway, a lot more complexity to it. That Daniel's not perfectly good. The kids aren't perfectly bad. That everyone except for basically the karate teacher, mm-hmm. the head of Cobra Kai, is much more complex than you would expect from like an 80s movie. And on this rewatch, I really liked Elizabeth Shue in this movie a lot. I think she was very, very good in this. And then Pat Morita is amazing in this. Like, I think the first time I saw it when I was a little kid, I was definitely confused by the Miyagi drunk scene. But like watching it now... Yeah, now you get it as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. A big emotional impact in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And goes a long way to defining Mm. his character. I liked it. I really thought that the end of Karate Kid is the (laughs) beginning of Karate Kid Part 2. Like, we watched it, and it's just stopped right at the end of the tournament. I'm like, wait, where's the parking lot scene? Which is (laughs) the beginning of Karate Kid Part 2, which I thought was the end of Karate Kid Part 1. Spoilers! You know what? If you haven't seen it, go see it. It should have been in the first movie. (laughs) It absolutely should have been, because that should have been the end of the movie. Yeah. It very much wraps up the movie. Yeah, because it just sort of abruptly ends with that cheesy freeze frame. Yeah. Right after the fight. Yes, exactly. Yeah, go watch Intro to Karate Kid 2, and it will blow your mind. Like, it'll make so much more sense. It's almost like the director's <laughs> cut of the movie. It is. It very much feels like, like you don't that. have to watch all of Karate Kid Part 2 if you don't want to. It's good, but it will complete the movie and not yeah. have it end on such a freeze frame, right. jumping in the air, pumping your fist, 80s ending. Yeah, overall, I really, really liked it and I highly recommend Cobra Kai on YouTube to anyone who even has a slight interest in this movie. Cobra Kai is really good. It's dope. It's good. <laughs> even having not watched this movie, Cobra Kai was good, but now that I've seen it, it really delves more into the characters. Some of the actors are in it, right? They yes. are. Yeah. Ralph Macchio is in it. The guy who plays Johnny is the main character. Oh, really? In it. Yeah. He's the main character. No spoilers, but he starts his own dojo. Huh. A more peaceful dojo? It's, mm. it's got its ups and downs. <laughs> It's called Cobra Kai. It's called Cobra Kai. Yeah, but it's good. (laughs) Strike first, strike hard, no mercy is still their motto. That's almost like Clint Eastwood karate in Cobra Kai rather than like evil karate. Like that kind of like I'm grizzled and tough and old school. Yeah, yeah. So that was the Karate Kid. If you liked what you heard, go give us a quick review on iTunes. You can find us at popcultureconfessions.com and follow us on Twitter at at PCCCast. We'll even give you a shout out on air if you tweet or review us. And if you have any confessions you want to 
to make, you can send them on over to popcultureconfessions at gmail.com. Many thanks to WaxLogic for the use of their sweet groove. So, guys, there is a movie that, um, I guess in the spirit of my previous confession, which was Heather's, I said that it was the rare girl movie that I hadn't seen. Okay. I feel like I've seen most of the, like, big tentpole movies in the targeted at women genre. Sure. That's not really a genre. It's a genre. (laughs) (laughs) If it came out in February and is a Nicholas Sparks novel, it probably is targeted at women. (laughs) Not just sappy rom-coms or rom-drums, but this is yet another, I would say, as far as what I know already about it, goes it's a girl targeted movie that i haven't seen okay okay i don't know how this is gonna work because the director of this movie is someone that i associate with other stuff that is completely opposite of this huh oh i think i know what you're gonna confess Do you? To. okay i'm intrigued i have no idea so i have to confess that i have never seen tune in next episode to hear amanda's pop culture confession can we fix it yes we can 